Okay, so I'm back on the solos. Fucking thanks a million again, Archibald, for coming on yesterday. That was fucking deadly to get the first one out of the way in the COVID-safe mobile podcast studio. Sound seemed to have been good. No one was complaining. Everything worked. It didn't burn down. We didn't die. Everything was fucking savage. So thanks again, Archie. Um, But back to the solos. So what I've been thinking about today, and to be perfectly honest, what I've been thinking about a lot over the last number of weeks is driving the whole off the lead thing on. And what I mean by that is basically what it boils down to is if I continue doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, pumping out content having conversations with people across the across the county, say at the start and across the country when the time comes and continuing on with these solos, I'll starve to death if this is my living, okay? Because no matter how much I try in just pumping your content, you need to promote yourself. It's I suppose it's like having the, let's say you're a master fucking craftsman and all you do is make the fucking best products in the world and you have a shed full of them and you're making them all day, every day. If you're not out selling them, they'll just collect dust and that'll be the end of it, okay? And that'll be the end of you because you just can't make a living from it. So there's, in running a business, and actually I'm going to pull back a little bit and give you a good example. So I have this theory in relation to companies that produce something. So when I say produce something, a business that makes something, okay? So let's say you're a brewery, okay? You make beer. Okay, or let you do what I do and you make, you grow microgreens. Okay, or maybe you, you have a business that makes boxes or you have a business that makes chairs or tables. It doesn't matter. If you're making something, that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter if it's fucking Christmas cards or cigarettes or microphones or fucking anything else. If you are making something, this is relevant. Okay, so... Once you're a manufacturer, and I would consider myself somewhat of a manufacturer, I, I, I grow microgreens, okay? I know it's not strictly manufacturing, but you're making a product. That's what I, I want to get across, okay? If you're making or producing any kind of a product. Again, cheese, fireworks, doesn't matter if you're making a product. At the start, your role is to build a business that can make what it is that you're selling. And as the popularity increases and you start growing and you start hiring people... The goal is to up production. But pretty much everybody is going to get to the point whereby they have enough production. The production out-competes sales, basically. So let's say it's a brewery, just to keep it simple. You set up a brewery in your fucking shed and you're producing 100 bottles of beer a week, okay? you've got sales of 80 bottles a week. And you're like, fucking happy days. This is great. I'm selling 80 bottles a week and I'm only after starting. It's savage. But you're in danger there because what if one of your supply, what if one of your customers goes, look, I've been buying 20 bottles a week off you, but you know what? It's going really well. I want to buy 100. And all of a sudden, you can't keep up with the demand. Now, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be complaining when people are ordering more than you can produce. You know, that's a good thing, but only in the short term. You turning around to a customer and saying, look, I'm up to my eyes. I can't fulfill that order right now. Give us a month. Give us two months. I'll buy in big vats and I'll employ people. And, you know, we'll we'll blow the whole fucking thing up and I'll be able to get my production up to a thousand bottles a week. So that's what you do. You go hell for leather at it and you buy in new big vats and you upgrade everything and you hire people. And you now have the capacity to do a thousand bottles a week. And your sales grow, you know, 
they were 100 a week, then there were two, then there were three, then there were five, then there were seven, then there were eight. When you get to about 800 bottles a week, but your production capacity is 1,000, it's like, fuck, I may up production. So you get in another vat, or you fucking sell the vat you have, and you get a, a much bigger one, and all of a sudden you've got the capacity to do 10,000 bottles a week. Fucking happy days. But you'll get to a point, okay? Now, maybe you won't. Oh, no, you will. I was going to say, maybe you won't. Maybe... You won't get to a point whereby you've got enough production. Maybe you'll, you know, blow it up to be the size of Heineken. But then I was thinking, but if you did blow it up to the size of Heineken, I mean, Heineken can't produce 100 billion bottles of beer a week. Okay, there's a limit to their production. And the idea of running a business to a large degree, especially a a business that you're making or producing something, the goal essentially is to hit that sweet spot of being able to produce pretty much as much as you want And having a market for it. But to be careful that the demand from the market doesn't exceed what you're capable of producing. Because you never really want to tell a customer you can't produce something. But anyway, okay, just to get that out of the way. The problem there with most businesses is getting production up to a level that matches the demand that they're happy with for a sustainable business. Okay? So what happens is, and this happened to me in my business, I got my business, now it's different for me because COVID came and fucking sunk my ship and all that jazz, but anyway, forgetting about that for the minute. I got my production up to a point whereby I could do about, I don't know, a couple of thousand boxes a week, which was fucking fantastic, it was savage. But once once you do that, once you have the capacity to do, you know, double what your orders are, and you're, ne- you're not looking at increasing production anytime soon. You've done that. You've gotten to the scale whereby you can produce enough of this stuff and now you have to focus on sales. You're no longer a brewer and you're no longer a microgreens producer. You're a marketer. That's what, that's what you become. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, I can make guitars. I'm going to set up a business making guitars. But what happens when you've got a fucking shed full of guitars and no sales? You have to get out and you have to market your product and sell your product. So your business therefore becomes a marketing business. Now, you can hire in, you can outsource that. You can go to a marketing company and go, look, will you do me a marketing campaign? I need to up sales badly because, you know, I'm going hungry or I need to bring in revenue to pay for what it's cost me to set up my production or I need to pay my staff or whatever it is. Okay, so that's where advertising comes in and advertising agencies and different types of companies that basically handle all that kind of stuff for you because look you're a brewer at the end of the day you know about brewing beer you go and brew your beer we're marketers we'll worry about the marketing okay but on a small scale like me i can't afford to hire a fucking marketing company to do my marketing i'm gonna have to do all that myself and it's the exact same with this podcast i'm gonna have to start marketing it because my production is through the fucking roof i can pump out fucking three or four solos in a day and by the looks of things given that i did one yesterday i've sean hosey's booked in for one tomorrow um, I'd probably get one in by the end of the week and I've probably two lined up for next week and I haven't even gotten started do you know that kind of way so once the ball gets rolling I'd love well, I'd love to the plan is to have people booked well ahead in advance so I'd like to get to a stage whereby people are contacting me and saying do you know what man I'd like to come on your podcast and I go yeah fucking deadly happy days right it's uh, the 2nd of February today so okay how's your July because I'm fucking booked up until then that's the goal do you know what I mean but anyway 
I am at the stage now already whereby I have to start doing the marketing and I have to start promoting it, okay? Which is great, don't get me wrong, I'm not fucking complaining. But it's a big learning curve for me because sales and business development has been my background, but marketing's something slightly different. And marketing an online business, which is essentially what Off The Lead is at present, that's kind kind of new to me. I've done a, a certain amount of it, but not a whole pile. And the idea of talking about it here now is it's essentially organizing that room in my mind called online marketing. And there's a couple of things that I've just discovered of late, just in the last couple of days even, kind of thinking about it and running through what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it and how other people have done it and, you know, what could I kind of pick and choose from different people that have worked for them that might work for me and will be in keeping with the whole off-the-lead ethos and, and all the rest of it. And one thing that I've noticed, it's fucking fascinating stuff, okay? So... On my YouTube channel, which I haven't pushed in the least, okay, collectively, I've about, I think it's, is it, yeah, I've about 20,000 views on YouTube, okay, I've about 120 videos, there's another 50 or so that still have to go up, um, but for the videos that I have up, and by videos I mean fucking sound, with a video attached to it, because you can't just upload sound to YouTube. You need to have it uploaded as a video. Even if the screen is just black for two hours, it doesn't matter. You have to upload a video to YouTube. You can't just upload sound. But anyway, I digress, as always. You like that one, aren't you? So 20,000 views over 120 videos. That averages out at... Fuck, two sex. 166. I just worked it out there in my head as I didn't pause it and get the calculator out at all. So 166 views per episode would be the average. And I was like thinking to myself, that's that's not right. Because again, because I haven't promoted it on YouTube and because 99% of my listener base is across podcast platforms, so the likes of Stitcher, Acast, iTunes, Podbay, all those different places. So 99% of my audience is in uh, podcast land and not on YouTube. So I knew my videos didn't have a, an average of 166 views. And I had a quick look over my last 10 uploads. And the views are like less than 10. Like, you know, 6, 3, 8. One is 11. Ooh. But nowhere near 166. And I was like, where the fuck is this total of 20,000 views coming from? And then I copped it. I made a clickbait episode oh, two or three years ago. When I had Pat O'Reilly on... I didn't upload his video to YouTube like I uploaded everyone else's. So everyone else that came on, let's say, I think uh, Cormac O'Keefe was my first guest. So episode number one, Cormac O'Keefe. Cormac O'Keefe's a musician, blah, blah, blah. And I uploaded it to YouTube and he got, you know, whatever amount of views. And I did that for everyone, with the exception of Pat O'Reilly's one. With Pat O'Reilly's one, for the photo, for a start, I didn't use Pat I used uh, your man Blind Boy. Okay, who, if people don't know, has one of the most successful podcasts, certainly in Ireland and up there probably worldwide. But he's by far, the, he's the he's the podfather as far as Irish podcasts are concerned. And my ba- my listener base is going to be predominantly Irish at the start at least. So we thought by using his image, given that he's Mr. Podcast, it might drum up some views for mine. Now, I did it as an experiment as much as anything else, not just being a nefarious prick. It was an experiment. And to prove that it wasn't just a nefarious fucking con, I only did it the once. I could have done it for all the videos, but I just did it the once. But because I called it the Blind Boy episode and I had a picture of Blind Boy on it, 
the views of that episode are 17,500. Now, bearing in mind everything else has, you know, eight, two, three, there's a couple of the conversations that, you know, were a couple of hundred, but they were the exception. Actually, speaking of which, I've had Anthony Murphy on a couple of times. And I think I've had him on three times. And on and on, he has a big presence on YouTube. He could have 10,000 followers or something like that. But he's at this a lot longer than I am. And he's put a lot more effort into it than I am. And he's just got a bigger audience and a bigger platform on YouTube and all the rest of it. Which is fucking great. Fair play to him. But let's say out of the three episodes that he has, the first one, say, has 300 views. The second one has... 300 views and then the third one has 20 views now don't quote me on those I just made them off off the top made them up off the top of my head but what's relevant is out of the three videos that I've up of his two of them have relatively big numbers and one of them has really low numbers and I was like what the fuck why why is that and what I realised was the ones with big numbers are Anthony Murphy Mythical Ireland that's what they're called episode number whatever Anthony Murphy, Mythical Ireland. And the one that has practically no views is just Anthony Murphy. So what's happening there is people are searching Mythical Ireland or some such. Or they know that Anthony Murphy's platform is called Mythical Ireland, so that's what they're searching. But without the Mythical Ireland there, he doesn't show up, so nobody sees it. Okay, so it just goes to show how important the naming of something is if... Anthony Murphy of Mythical Ireland gets a load of views and Anthony Murphy, full stop, doesn't get any views. Like that's worth that's worth knowing about. Okay, and likewise with with my own episodes, to have a total of twenty thousand views and for one episode to make up seventeen thousand of those views because of a clickbait basically, like that's worth knowing. Now it would encourage you to do every episode as clickbait, which isn't what I'm about because I don't believe in, in kind of conning people but there's certainly fucking something to that now just to flesh this out a little bit more there's another guy that I'm a fan of his name is Mike Sheridan he has a podcast called The Delve and he's he's doing great like he has 15,000 subscribers on YouTube which is fucking fantastic fair play to him and he has 8.5 million views across his episodes and I was like fucking hell that's that's class like, that's fucking deadly fair fucking play to Mike Sheridan fucking class but I started going through his episodes and it was 10,000 here, views here and 5,000 views there. And I was like, fuck. Like, and I looked at the amount of videos that he had and I was like, how does that, that doesn't add up to fucking 8.5 million. And I started thinking, this is the same, this is the exact same thing that I observed on my own platform. I had 20,000 views, but my individual videos were only getting really low numbers. Where's the discrepancy coming from? And I found it. Now, he had a guy called Jordan Peterson on who'd be an enormous draw to a podcast. Like, if I had Peterson on, you'd nearly be fucking a professional-grade podcasting immediately because he just attract literally millions of people to your podcast. But anyway, he got him on, fair play to him, and he had him on for an hour and 10 minutes, and that video had 350,000 views. And I was like, fucking hell, that's class. But again... 350,000 is a shit ton of views but it's a far cry from 8.5 million and I was like where the fuck are these extra views coming from and then I copped it he's cut the Peterson episode into clips and the other episodes into clips and there's one episode 
called Jordan Peterson on Depression. And it's only eight minutes long. And it has 1.2 million views. And I was like, fucking hell. He got on a super, super famous person for an hour and ten minutes, uploaded it, and that only got 350,000 views. Only. But still, it got 350,000 views. But an eight-minute clip of that same conversation with a title like Jordan Peterson on depression got 1.2 million views. Okay, he is another video. I don't remember how long it is. It's only a couple of minutes again. And again, clipped out with the same hour and 10 minute conversation that he had. And the title is Jordan Peterson on the worst thing about Donald Trump. 5.3 million views. And now it started to make fucking sense to me. I was like, no fucking way. It's just, it's bizarre because when you don't know about these things, none of this stuff is taught in school. It fucking should be these days. I mean, we're getting to a stage now where more people are working online than are working you know, in the real world, basically, okay? So we really need to fucking up our game in our understanding of how thing, these things operate. And what I'm doing here now, I suppose, is just talking out loud and trying to wrap my own fucking head around what it is that I am doing and what I need to do moving forward. And hopefully fucking one or two years cunts will pick something up along the way. 17 minutes. I'm going to cut this short and do another one. So I'll chat you soon. <laughs>